Good morning, world. <clears throat> when I say world, I'm just talking to the people that are listening to the show. Uh, anyways, it's Tuesday. It's a great day. Well, it's Tuesday for me. You might not be listening to this on a Tuesday. Uh, what is the world coming to, man? I'll tell you what. I was uh, I was scrolling around through the different news stories that are out there. And the first one that caught my attention was this. Well, you know, here, let me just make this easy. Let me just bring this up. And I'll let you listen to it, and you tell me what you think. All right? I'm going to let this describe itself. Now on Channel 9, a man from Burke County in desperate need of a kidney transplant says he's been denied the surgery because of his vaccination status. You will not change your mind? No, sir. I was born free. I'll die free. I'm, I'm not going to. I'll not change my mind. Chad Carswell says he has more than 100 people all willing to donate a kidney for him. But Atrium Health in Winston-Salem says he can't have the procedure because he's unvaccinated. Our Dave Faraday spoke with Carswell and the hospital about their policy and decision. Chad Carswell has faced many hurdles in his life. He's a double amputee and has undergone major surgeries on his heart. But it is his kidney, which is only functioning at 4%, that has him undergoing dialysis three times a week, leaving him in need of a transplant. Without one, you know, there's no telling how much longer I'll still be here, but I have to have a kidney, you know, to prolong my life. Carswell says that friends and local businesses raised money for the transplant. He then came here to Baptist Hospital in Winston-Salem where scans and tests were done, but then he was told he needed something else to be fully vaccinated. He said, you know, the last thing we need to talk about is your vaccination status, and that's when I politely told him there was nothing really to talk about. It wasn't up for debate that I wasn't getting it. Um, and then he told me, you know, you know, you'll die if you don't get it. And I said, I'm willing to die. Carswell says he was also told anyone wanting to donate also had to be vaccinated. The hospital says their policy follows the current standard of care in the United States, saying in a statement, the reason it is recommended is to provide protection for the patient. Transplant patients are at high risk for severe illness if they don't have pre-existing immunity prior to being transplanted. Carswell says he's had COVID-19 twice and doesn't believe he needs the vaccine, even if it means he can't get his surgery. I've not changed my mind. I've had conversations with my family and everybody that's close to me. They know where I stand and there will not be a situation that occurs that I will choose to change my mind on this topic. Okay, where do we begin with this cluster of a story? Um, Man, there's a lot going on there. They won't do this because he's not vaccinated for the protection of the patient but the patient's running on four percent of kidneys and they're not willing to give him another kidney even though he's got people lined up but it's because of his protection that they won't do the surgery because he's not vaccinated when he's got four percent of his community four percent of his kidney function and let's see what else we have going on here um they said in their statement it is to protect the patient and to have a form of immunity, but he's had COVID twice. Now, I'm assuming this, that if he's had COVID twice, he's probably had the original Alpha or Delta variant, and then he's had the Omicron. So he has a natural immunity to both types of COVID, uh, which the vaccine doesn't really do much for Omicron, but it's for his protection. 
It's for his protection that they're going to let him die because he won't get vaccinated. But he's in the hospital three days a week for his dialysis. Does anybody else see a problem here? Does it? it and, and and it says and it, and it said in their statement at the recommendation for vaccination. It's not a law. It's a recommendation. And this a-hole at this Baptist hospital, whoever he was talking to, would rather this guy die than perform the surgery. <clears throat> it's interesting. To me, it just sounds like a power play. It sounds like an absolute 100% power play. Yeah, we're going to give you dialysis. You're going to, you know, but we're going to hold this over your head. We're going to play God. We're not going to do something that could save your life because we're taking a stand on vaccination and we're going to take this out on you because the hospital, the staff, the administration is wants to push their beliefs. I, I, man, I don't know. There's so much going wrong in this story. You know, the guy's a double, a double amputee. They doesn't say how his legs are amputated. I don't know if he's ex-military. I don't know what's going on. The guy obviously has a lot of community support. He's raised the money through local businesses there in North Carolina. He's He says he's got a lot of people, 100 people. What was it, 100 people that are willing to donate their kidney? And the hospital won't do it because he's not vaccinated. But they'll perform dialysis three days a week. This just blows my mind. This is the stupidity that is going on everywhere right now. I don't even know how that's. It seems like there has to be something legally where they're refusing care because somebody is refusing to take a vaccination that is illegal for them to force upon somebody. Do you guys do you guys see how many things are wrong with this story? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Guy doesn't want to be vaccinated. Okay, fine. That's on him. He's got he's gotten the COVID variant or variants of the COVID COVID alpha delta omicron whatever he's gotten it twice he obviously has a natural immunity and they won't do it i don't if that doesn't piss you off i i, I don't know what will i really don't know what will i don't even know what to say about it it's just so much stupidity wrapped up in a few statements from the hospital i okay all right so you guys are saying <coughs> well he should just get the he should just get the the covid you know the the, the vaccination in order to, you know, prolong, you know, the thing is, is there's, there's studies out there that say, if you, if you had COVID, you know, you need to wait so many days before you even get the vaccination. So I don't know where he falls in that timeline. There's some, some details that aren't even included in the story, but I don't know, man. I don't know. This is, this seems like a, uh, a personal vendetta against this dude because he won't get the vaccination. I mean, obviously they're allowing him in the hospital. They're allowing him in the hospital three days a week for dialysis. It's mad. It's a mad, mad world. As it relates to your correct, I was very judicious yesterday, uh, very judicious. And you'll see the photo that I did take um, where Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph. And in my left hand's the mask. And I took a uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, your favorite, uh, your favorite pathological liar, uh, uh, politician. That was Gavin Newsom. Uh, saying that he was very judicious at the, uh, what was that, the Rams and the uh, 49ers game yesterday uh, or Sunday, 
and he was very judicious in wearing his mask. He only took it off when Magic Johnson asked him for a a, a photograph, uh, which is complete and utter bullshit. I mean, there's pictures everywhere. There's pictures of the encounter when he walked up to Magic and they first introduced themselves to each other and he's not wearing a mask. There's pictures of him sitting around in a whole group with the San Francisco mayor, uh, the mayor of Los Angeles uh, and himself all in their little in their little group up there and that nobody's masked. He's got his mask, you know, daintily hanging from his ear, which I guess is kind of a fashion statement. But Governor Newsom basically, once again, full of absolute shit, claiming that he only took off his mask for the photo with Magic Johnson. And, and these are the same people. These are the same people that are making your five-year-olds, your six-year-olds, your seven-year-olds spend all day in a mask while when they're out, when they're doing their thing, when they're in the presence where they know they're going to be on TV cameras because they're at one of the largest football games of the season and nothing, nothing, no mask, no nothing. You know, I, I, I does, dangling it from your ear does not constitute wearing your mask. Okay. And this guy just flat out, he flat out lies in his little press conference saying, oh, I, I was very judicious with my mask and I only took it off when, when Mr. Magic Johnson asked me for a photo. I bet you even that's bullshit. I'd be I, even how that picture went down. I bet it wasn't necessarily Magic Johnson asking him for a photo. And that's just my opinion. I mean, if the guy's going to lie about how much he was wearing his mask at the football game and everybody else with him, including the mayor of San Francisco, mayor of Los Angeles and himself and all of their other immediate staffers that were hanging around. And this is the same guy that's, uh, you know, passing policies. These, these are the same politicians that are passing policies that we have to wear our mask everywhere and, and pushing the agenda that a guy with 4% of his kidney left can't get a transplant. Ah, oh, man, it, it, it's sickening. It is absolutely 100% sickening. As it relates to, you're correct, I was very judicious yesterday. Uh, very judicious. And you'll see the photo that I did take. He's laughing. Um, where Magic was kind enough generous enough to ask me for a photograph magic was kind enough generous enough to ask me for a photograph kind enough generous enough to ask me for a photograph that's, that's one of those things where he was a you know it's like in his mind it, it, he was kind enough generous to take a photo with me and then he just decides to lie in the middle of it he was kind enough generous enough to ask me for a photo it doesn't even make sense it doesn't even make sense this guy's such a bad liar I mean, I don't know, allegedly, allegedly, but doesn't that he was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photo or kind of pull. Oh, God, God, what? Ah, uh, but whatever, right? Whatever. It's just a mask. Fall in line. It does do a little bit of protection. It's not it's not going to harm you to wear a mask. Just wear a mask. You know, it's not going to just just do it. Just do it. There's, you know, all this other. Well, well yeah, it is damaging people. It is damaging people. And let me explain to you one of the reasons or one of the ways that it is damaging people. Uh, mask mandates implemented by the government amidst the COVID-19 appear to be causing speech delays in young children. The regulations, which are still in effect in Democrat-led cities, including Washington, D.C. and New York City, have had adverse effects on the development of speaking abilities in children and babies. This has been very challenging year emphasized Jacqueline Theek, a clinic director and speech language pathologist at the Speech and Learning Institute in North Palm Beach, Florida. 
the clinic experienced a 364% increase in patients who were babies and toddlers amidst the pandemic. Prior to the onset of COVID-19, only about 5% of the clinic's patients were in, in that age group, while today it stands at 20%. And I quote, there's no research out there yet saying that this could be causing speech and language delays, but most definitely, I'm sure it's a factor, Theek said. It's very important that kids do see your face to learn, so they're watching your mouth. Similarly, many parents interviewed by WPBF 25 News felt the irregular speech patterns were COVID-delayed. A parent interviewed by the outlet attributed the delays to social isolation and everyone wearing masks. Greg Santo brings his son Diego to speech therapy twice a week. Greg says he would just ramble, baby ramble, Santo said. Certain words that are key did not flow, so that began to raise a red flag. Santo said his son was born perfectly healthy at the start of the pandemic. We'd go out and walk around the neighborhood and there would be no one there. Everyone just stayed in, Santo said. Santos said he believed social isolation and everyone wearing masks led to Diego's speech delays. Santos says it bothers me, bothers me a lot. It definitely makes a difference when the world you are growing up in, you can't interact with people in their face. That's super important to babies, cautioned another parent. Uh, interesting. I mean, I mean, I can totally see that. I mean, kids learn to read, uh, learn to speak. They watch, they listen, they look at your mouth. And if they're not getting that interaction, it's taking its toll, and they're starting to see this. They're claiming a 364% rise. Of course, the study, uh, it looks like they're just going off the numbers of one speech institute and how their patient age has changed. It doesn't seem like it's a, I, I mean, you know, people like to make statistics out of anything, right? Okay. And it looks like what they're basing the statistic on is just the outcome of one speech therapy location and how much that age group has increased within their own um, business. So I wouldn't say that this is, but I mean, it is a sample. It is a sample. It's not nothing, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. That doesn't mean that something's going on and it's definitely happening there. Speech and poor kids. I can't imagine five years old having to wear a mask all day in your kindergarten class and dealing with a teacher that's wearing a mask too. I mean, think about it. You know, there's so much that's taught how to sound out words and all that kind of stuff. And when you're just mass, as far as the, even the audio quality, even be able to hear things the way it's supposed to sound, man, it can alter the whole way that kids speak. I'm just a sweet trans. Well, in lighter, gayer news. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> well, what do we got going on here? Well, what we have going on here is something very, uh, very enlightening, very, educational to the kids and uh, what's going on is up in san pedro at the renaissance school uh they had a drag night you know this has been in the news before they had a drag night that celebrates educates kids on the art of drag performing for one ambitious south bay seventh grader 2022 has already been revelatory and that's saying something for a 12 year old who is about one and a half years removed from coming out to her parents as omnisexual I had to look that one up, folks. That means it, that means you can fall in love with anybody. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And receiving un, unequivocal support from them and is approaching the one-year anniversary of founding the Rainbow Alliance Club at her school. But among the most amazing moments for Leah Scott, a student at San Pedro's Renaissance School, came earlier this month when she organized an outdoor drag queen event attended by more than 100 people. The recent drag night event, hosted by Rolling Hills Prep, 
Renaissance and Reach Schools was meant to educate the school community about LGBTQ, LGBTQ cultures and expressive outlets, including the performance and nature of drag. The event included booths exploring how to build a drag persona. That's nice. I think every kid should know how to build a drag persona. Uh, what wigs to wear and how to do makeup. There was also a friendly lip sync competition. And of course, there were drag queens, even a famous one. The Drag Night's marquee moment came when Scott interviewed Tammy Brown, a Long Beach drag performer who competed on TV shows RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Watching the popular series show showcase a cool art form, Scott said, helped her self-realization. I see how happy they feel when they're their true selves. And when they're in drag, Scott said, I feel like it's really cool just to be able to celebrate who you are. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, this isn't the first time I, you know, I, does this offend you? Are you offended? I am kind of surprised that a hundred families showed up to this. It's Long Beach, San Pedro, hundred families, how to build your drag persona. I guess it, I mean, it was sponsored by the school. It wasn't at the school or, or maybe it was at the school. It really doesn't say. I don't know. New world, new world we live in. A drag queen is often a person who identifies as male, who dresses in feminine attire with wigs, makeup, traditionally female clothing, often as both entertainment and political and social expression. Hmm. They're saying it's not transgender. Oh, I think I played the wrong song then. I definitely played a transgender transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I might be out of line by doing that. As they say, a transgender person is someone whose gender identity differs from the biological sex with which they were born. Drag, on the other hand, is performative. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm educating myself right here. And I see this uh, student, the leader of the Rainbow Coalition, whatever it was, the Rainbow, what was it? The Rainbow Lollipop Guild? I forget what it was. I already, I'm already past that. But it looks like a lot of her teachers dressed up. Uh, there's a choir coach with a beard that is in drag. Uh, <clears throat> definitely interesting looking character. Uh, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, is this offensive? I know we had Billy on. Let me see. What was Billy's um, drag queen name? Anyways, we had Billy on the show a while back, the conservative drag queen. And he said, this is a bunch of horse shit. He says the whole drag community is all about sexual, just, just deviance and, well, I, these are his words, uh, that it was just a, a high sex energy drugs, you know, rock and roll type of a scene. And it's nothing that kids should ever be involved in until they're adults and they make that decision. Uh, so he had a real big problem. He being a drag queen himself, he had a very big problem of this kind of indoctrination into people in their younger years. Uh, yeah, well, it's going on again. That's just a real, 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 little quick one, little quick one in the news. Now, there was one other news story that I ran across that made me feel good about myself, made me feel very progressive, made me feel very anti-racist, made me feel like I am definitely in the minority of white males that are very progressive on this whole idea of, you know, anti-racist and doing the right thing, even by the most extreme liberal standards. Uh, this is a feel-good story for me. Well, let me just let me just play this little clip, and uh, then then I'll explain what I'm talking about. 
Hey y'all. For those that don't know, I do anti-racism work professionally. I'm a facilitator and a consultant. Um, in my day job, I offer political education and move resources to the larger social justice movement. Um, and in my side hustles, I offer political education and guidance to organizations and other organizing bodies to help them unlearn white supremacy culture. When I first started doing this work, my work was very much geared towards white folks and helping white folks understand racism and just trying to change their minds. And that was fruitless. I was not enjoying myself, so I shifted my political education to center black folks specifically and other people of color. What I expect from white folks, what white folks anti-racism work truly is, is the redistribution of wealth in this country. If you are not paying reparations, to black and brown folks right now, you are not anti-racist. Well, check that box. Check me in. I'm good, sir. I have, uh, you know, I, I, I love, I, you know, I, I always felt a little guilty about this because I was, I didn't feel like I was paying reparations, but she actually said she included black and brown people. And then I started realizing, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, rewind this, rewind this. I am married to a Hispanic brown person, even though she's like Casper White but she's Hispanic. She's technically labeled as a brown person. I have an ex-wife that is dark as night brown, and that I'm paying reparations to. I have to go get my son, who is half brown. Uh, I have to go get him a new cell phone this week because he broke his out on the motocross track. Uh, that would be some reparations. So I all of a sudden, I started realizing, holy shit, I'm paying reparations left and right. As a white male, that is only because I live in Southern California, predominantly only dated Hispanic, you know, chicks or whatever. Um, I am basically the model white male of paying reparations to brown people. Um, so I, I saw this. I saw this. And at, at first, you know, uh, I saw in the comments, a lot of white people were offended. And I was thinking to myself, well, holy crap. I didn't even realize I was this progressive. I feel so good about myself today. I, I saw this video and I started tallying up. I, I, I mean, I, hey, I've got bank statements that can prove that I am the white man reparation king as far as supporting brown people. And so I just, you know, I don't want to brag about it. I don't want to I don't want to just, you know, uh, uh, rub it in your face. If you're if you're a racist white person that is not paying reparations, uh, you know, maybe you're a w married white male. Uh, with a you know white family with your little white kids and you're not paying reparations except that one time you're in vegas and you uh hooked up with a cuban stripper but other than that you're not paying reparations and you might feel a little guilt well guess what folks i don't i'm good i am good i got my reparations on lock all right so when you look at me uh sitting you know here doing my podcast smoking my cigar uh just remember i am a progressive mother trucker that is a pain reparations every day and so I, I just wanted to i just wanted to throw that out there that i feel very good about myself considering this if you're offended by that well that's because you're just a you're just a dirty white trash racist and uh, you need to get your act together because that's what it takes in today's society oh man i think i should i almost think i should go out on that high note because i just feel so good i love feel good stories i love feel good stories and and, and it's nice when you're enlightened uh, to realize how progressive you really are. You know, I, I, I like to go around and say, well, I'm not racist. I'm not racist, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a progressive, not racist person living in Southern California.
man, they should put that on my tombstone. Well, it came as a shock. We really didn't know. We just thought they were hippies from the West Coast. They came into town to stay for the weekend. We thought they were kidding when they ordered out vegan. There's a liberal in the family. Help us all. I guess that's me. I guess that's me. Granddad would hit the floor. They don't fish. They don't hunt. And they quit watching sports. There's a liberal in the family. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I really don't watch sports. I guess I am now the liberal in the family. I don't watch CNN, though. Anyways, okay. All right, I think I might be that liberal. I think I've self, I self-identified myself as a liberal, um, you know, just to, you know, avoid a lot of trouble. Uh, but here we have an, an, an interesting story, and this is Binghamton University Class of 2023 Parents. This was a letter sent out to them. Uh, this was sent, well, it was sent to the students in a sociology class. And I'm going to read this word for word. And I don't know where Binghamton University is, but, but it, it doesn't matter. But here's what they're saying. We practice progressive stacking when calling on people to participate in class discussion. This means that we try to give priority to non-white folks, to women, and to shy and quiet people who rarely raise their hands. It also means that if you are white, male, or someone privileged by the racial and gender structures of our society, to have your voice easily voiced and heard, we will often ask you to hold off on your questions or comments to give others priority, and we'll come back to you a bit later or on another time. Our experience with this practice is that within little time, those who feel most privileged to speak begin to take the initiative to hold space for others who feel less comfortable speaking first, while those who tend to be more silenced in our society grow more comfortable speaking. As you can imagine, it has tremendous benefits for our society as a whole when we learn to hold space and listen to others whose voices are typically disregarded and silenced uh um <laughs> okay uh i'm gonna hold space on comments on this for a second i'm gonna hold some space cricket 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 uh nobody's chiming in i guess i have to say something holding space very progressive uh very progressive we got to hold space if you're a white male privileged uh, you're out there to get your voice heard. You need to hold space. You need to leave time for minorities, less privileged people, shy people to respond. And we might get back to you. Uh, we might not. It's just interesting. Uh, this is our, these are universities. This is what the kids are being taught. Hold space, hold space. I'm trying to wrap my head around this right real quick. I'm trying to wrap my, uh, is, is, is people that are outspoken, is that a, a, a trait by your color? Uh, it seems like just that there's some kids that are more outspoken than others, regardless of their color. Um, but I, but I, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm not thinking about this, right? I need to, I need to generalize this by color. If you're white, which means you're outspoken and you're easily heard, you need to hold space. That's a new term. I need to put in my terminology of what I have going on. I need to remember to hold space. Um, uh, well, you know what? I, I, I'm progressive in this too because I can't get a 
freaking word in edgewise with my wife. She overtalks me. She so I just give up. I I hold space. I once again see this is another feel good story. I'm progressive there too. My kids yell. My ex wife yells. My wife yells. All these brown people in my life are always yelling. My bosses are brown. Uh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I was starting to feel bad for a second. I was starting to feel bad, but I have immediately realized once I really analyze my 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 position in this world that I am holding space. I'm being yelled at constantly by brown people, and uh, yeah. So once again, I am progressive. I am the liberal. I am the liberal. Damn, it feels good to be this progressive. All right. Well, I think I'm going to wrap with this story, and uh, this story is out of. Um, see where i can find it real quick uh this story is out of the university of new hampshire and this is an assignment that is requiring students to find someone to accuse of being racist homophobic or ableist ableist you you know what ableism is right i mean am i am i so damn progressive that you guys don't know what ableism is well okay before we get to the story let me let me describe what ableism is um ableism uh it's basically saying that the world wasn't built with people with disabilities in mind and because of that the world we live in is inherently ableist so ableism is the discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities based on the belief that typical abilities are superior at its heart ableism is rooted in the assumption that disabled people require fixing and defines people by their disability like racism and sexism. Um, so, so let's see. Uh, what? How do? How would ableism look in your everyday life? Um, well, uh, if you're throwing a party and if you choose an inaccessible venue, and that would exclude some participants because of their disability, you're an ableist. Uh, using someone else's mobility device as a hand or foot rest, you are an ableist. Uh, framing. Okay, this one is is really good. If you even frame a disability as either tragic or inspirational in a news story, movie, or other popular form of of media, you are an ableist. Uh, If you cast a non-disabled actor to play a disabled character in a play, uh, you know, like Billy Bob Thornton, Sling Blade, that kind of stuff, uh, or a commercial, you are an ableist. Uh, if you're making a movie that doesn't have audio description or closed captioning, you are an ableist. If you use the accessible bathroom stall when you are able to use the non-accessible bathroom stall without, without any pain or risk of injury, you are an ableist. If you wear scented products in a scent-free environment, you are an ableist. If you're talking to a person with a disability like they are a child, talking about them instead of directly to them, you are an ableist. If you ask invasive questions about the medical history or personal life of someone with a disability, you are an ableist. Assuming people have to have a visible disability to actually be be disabled, well, guess what? You're an ableist. And if you question someone if they're actually disabled, or how much they're disabled, you are an ableist. And if you ask someone, how did you become disabled? You are an ableist. All right. 
And of course, if you if you say things like that's so lame, you know, I know we've 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 been over the R word, the retarded word, and that's an obvious one. But if you say that's so lame, well, lame is talking about a lame person with disabilities. You were an ableist. If you say that guy is crazy, you can't say that you were an ableist. If you say you are acting so bipolar today, you are an ableist. If you say, are you off your beds? You are an ableist. If you say uh, the phrase, it's like the blind leading the blind, you are an ableist. If you say that your ideas fell on deaf ears, you are an ableist. If you say she's such a psycho, you are an ableist. If you say I'm super OCD about how I clean my apartment, you are an ableist. If you say, can I pray for you? You are an ableist. If you say, I don't even think of you as being disabled, you are an ableist. And those are a list of microaggressions that ableists use. (laughs) Okay. Hey, 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 I just report it. Okay. I just report it. So I, I know some of you are offended hearing this because you realize that you are just like a racist and a sexist. You are an ableist now. So, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, you're you're discriminatory ableist. Well, here's a <laughs> here's a new assignment at the University of New Hampshire. And in this challenging active, this is the syllabus for this project that they want these students to work on. And I'm going to read this syllabus. In this challenging activity, you will be asked to call in someone on their ableist, racist, or homophobic use of language for microaggressions or an act of racism towards a person of color. Homophobia against the LGBTQI+, or ableism against a disabled person. While gender is important, there are some complex theoretical reasons that gender is not included in this list. I encourage you to talk to me about this if you have questions. Do your calling out in a safe way. Provide a brief orthographic, just the words, no symbols, transcript of what was said and of your call out you may not call out someone for something they say on facebook or social media it must be in response to something in real life you must also tell me when and how you called them in in order to get credit keep it face to face and private but transcribe it and record your practice session remember to say you know they mean well and are a good person that you care about them and that is why you care that they are expressing their real values not accidentally being hurtful suggest for them an alternative way of expressing themselves that doesn't marginalize or oppress so uh yeah uh there's a college class where you get to call people out for being a racist microaggressions and ableist uh yeah this is all this is it never stops it never stops it never stops so uh, I hope I hope this has been a learning experience for you today. Um, if you're a white male that's not paying reparations, uh, well, find a Hispanic hooker and start leaving some uh, cash on the nightstand so you can have a clean conscience. If you are a person that says to somebody else, uh, you're psycho, uh, you're an ableist, and you're the same as a sexist or a racist, and so you need to clean your act up because we are a progressive society and we need to just, you know, we just need to come together. We need to stop being ableist, sexist, racist, and we just need to get along. And uh, we need to be like Gavin Newsom and say, fuck the rules and not wear a mask when we're in a 
biggest crowd of what was that 40,000 people. Um, we just need to, we just need to come together. We just need to come together. All right, people, this is Jake with radio underland. This has been, um, just a little trip down, down the news that's going on in this world. And I hope you learned something today. I hope you learned something today. And I hope you, I learned something today. I, I learned that I'm a very progressive liberal person. Um, and I, I have to watch, I have to work on my ableism, I guess a little bit, um, because I kept calling my wife psycho the other day, but it's a new world and we're just adapting to it. Okay. All right. I'm a progressive liberal. My name is Jake and this is the radio underland show. And if you enjoy this little reading of the news that we go through, uh, I'm trying to, you know, make it happen a little more frequently, but if we're, uh, if you enjoy it, tell your, tell your liberal progressive friends to, you know, tune in, uh, send them the link, help us out, help a brother out. Uh, if you're interested in any of these stories that we covered, most of them, some of them today weren't, but most of them are found in the Radio Underland news group on Facebook. Uh, that's where everybody posts their news stories, where I post mine. Uh, if you have a story that you'd like to see covered, go ahead, post it up in there. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I can read it tomorrow and and go through that. Um, share the love. Share the episode. You know, be progressive, just like me. Yeah. Yeah, what a wonderful world this will be. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye.